Hi gorgeous, welcome to Fitness and Mimosas, a podcast of girlfriends from around the world who lift up each other, celebrate each other, and embrace our own definition of beautiful. So let's go ahead and put down our kettlebells, slide into a pair of sexy slitters, and have a great time. Welcome to the party! calls me Badger, so Badger. just call me Badger. Okay, I can go with Badger. Badger works. So Badger, I'm going to give just like a highlight of the glitter of your life, and then you have so many gorgeous details, I would love to hear the full thing. Um, but I met you and Tanya Lees, she used to have a Facebook group called French Kissing Life, all about women who are just loving life and exploring life, and so I met you there. And you share that you were a trial lawyer in a big city law firm doing well for yourself professionally, but just in kind of an unhealthy relationship. And I'm sort of skipping over some of the details here, but essentially you received an email from someone named Heather Thompson, who I guess was on the Real Housewives of New York, and she was recruiting people to climb, uh-oh, I might mispronounce it, is it Mount Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro. Oh, Kilimanjaro. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then you took the plunge. Um, you have what it's called Under the Tuscan Sun, because that's one of my favorite movies, Experience. You flew to Tunisia. Mm. You went to this different country. You climbed the mountain. And after that, you just transformed into another woman. You've left. Like, Completely. Yes. I like it. Oh, my God. It gives me shivers. Like, you left the broken marriage behind. Left the law firm behind. You started your blog, Dirty Freedom, and now you own your own trekking safari company. You help other people step into their power. So, welcome to Fitness Mimosas, beautiful. Your story is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. Well, thank you. Sometimes it freaks me out a little bit, but it's it it kind of a fun story. <laughs> no, but it's so cool. Like, how cool is it, beautiful? So now we're talking to a girlfriend in Tanzania, and her life is just such an inspiration. So I shared a bit of a highlight reel, like the icing on the cake, but um, could you share a little bit more about the details and how all this happened in your story? I'd be happy to. Um, it's kind of a long story, so I don't know how much time you have, but I'll oh, just... We have time. We're sipping mimosas. <laughs> just tell... Well, there you go. Oh, my goodness. Yes, exactly. Well, it's, it's like you said, I, in April of 2016, I was feeling pretty depressed, um, didn't have much going on that was exciting in my life, just, you know, I really enjoyed my job and everything, but I had a very bad <clears throat> relationship that had been broken for some time, a married relationship. In fact, two days ago would have been my 25th wedding anniversary if I um, was if things had worked out, but it had been several years of me trying to figure out... <clears throat> You know, what do I, I need to get out of this relationship because it's killing me. You know, I, all I do is work all the time. And then this, you know, I get up one morning, it's raining, typical Seattle rain. I'm feeling depressed. I see this email from Heather Thompson and 
like you said, she's recruiting women to climb Kilimanjaro. And I just thought that was insane because I, I didn't understand Kilimanjaro was a trekkable mountain. I thought it was like a, or a hikeable. I thought it was um, like Everest where you have to have, you know, professional climbing expertise. <laughs> and I kind of laughed and said, oh yeah, right. But um, when I looked on Google, I realized it's a, it's, you can hike it. And so I went ahead just on an urge. Just, I mean, I didn't spend any time thinking about it. I just put in an application and signed up. Didn't even think about it. And then when I got picked to go, then I started to freak out because I'm like, what have I done? I, I'm a cyclist. I'm not a mountain climber. I don't know how to do this. Oh, I would have high altitude. <laughs> well, I mean, I freaked out basically for the next five months until we went. And there were several times where I almost even canceled and said, you know, just take me off the list because I, this is not... I just can't do this. <laughs> and I and I look back at that now and think, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, that, that my badger personality prevailed because that's, I'm named, named for ba badger for a reason. It's because I, well, one of my um, lawyer, one of my um, partners who was my boss about, let's see, what year was that? It was like 13 years ago. He had read one of the first depositions I took and he said, oh, he said you were you were so persistent and so tenacious. He said you didn't let this guy get away with not answering your questions. You were a badger. You totally badgered him, and then it just stuck. He just started calling me badger from that point forward. And it's it just I mean it just everybody calls me badger now. It's kind of funny how that worked out. But um, I guess my point is is the I just I said I can't quit this. I've taken it on. I've been training. I'm gonna do this. Come hell or high water, it scares me, but I'm gonna do it. And so I trained all summer long, and I was already in good good physical shape because I'm a distance cyclist, and it was just a matter of adding, you know, the hiking up hills to my training because I normally ride a bike up hills, and it's different muscles. But when we got to, I think I left on September 18th to flew out of Seattle, very excited but very nervous, <clears throat> didn't know what was awaiting me. And what, what strikes me most is what happened on the way to the airport and I haven't shared this story with very many people but it was kind of like the defining moment for something really has to change in my life or I'm going to self-destruct but my my husband at the time didn't I mean he didn't even want to take me to the airport I, and I needed help because you have a lot of gear you can't take a bus it's too right. difficult and plus I'm going on like one of the biggest adventures of my life and I wanted someone to you know send me off and he didn't want to go, you know, he has a scout meeting, I'm too busy, I'm like, are you serious, I'm going to Africa. Right. <laughs> Hello, right. I'm going to Africa. And so it was a really miserable ride down to the airport, and by the time we got to the airport, I was actually crying. Oh my gosh. Because he was, he was snapping at me in the car, he was just, and it's a long, long story about why the relationship was already toast, but that was like, when I got out of the car, I just knew... Was this it. was the end. I mean, I really had to stop belaboring the obvious, and I needed to move on. I needed to figure out how to, how to get out of this. Um, and so I went on the trip, did, did the mountain. Didn't, you know, I didn't see any of this coming, what ended up happening to me. Even while I was there, I didn't see it coming, because I, I ended up with this guide named Lodic. I thought it was Lodiki, but that's just how Africans pronounce things. And I, so I was writing his name wrong, but... Um, we, we, he was my guide for the seven days that we were up there. And then the way that developed further, and then you can, if you want to ask specific questions, I'm just kind of going No, over I the, love this. The, 
this is like the 40 this is like the 40,000 foot level um so Lodic was an excellent guide his nickname was RG3 because he looks just like that football player from the I'm trying to remember the name of the team I think it's the Washington the I don't even remember which one Yes, that's the one. I think that's where he's from. And I have, I actually have a picture side by side of that guy, RG three. No, they do. Yeah, I saw now my his husband. They do they look do. a lot alike. Yeah. I, personally, I think my husband's cuter. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so anyway, um, Lodic was a very attentive, very good guide, and I, I sensed throughout the hike that he kind of had a crush on me because he just. You could just tell sometimes. It was yeah. like, but I looked at it as like, oh, well, this is just, he just, this is some American woman. He's, she's probably weird. She dances. I mean, I, I'm a boisterous person. I, I, I like to dance around the mountain, you know, cause trouble. And I just think, I, I thought it was entertainment. But, it, you know, he kept asking me, are you married? Because I, I didn't have my wedding ring on. I didn't bring any valuables with me. Stephanie, beautiful, are you there? Let me see. Hey, gorgeous, I can't hear you, are you there? So we're calling Tanzania. Um, I've never called Tanzania before, so let me see what we can do. Try this again. <laughs> I mean, that's what French Christian life is, right? So we are good. I don't, let's see, we're good. So I know you're talking about your husband and looking like RG3. Yes. But he's like the first edition and RG3 is the copy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Well, but um, I was just saying, um, it's, it's kind of an uncanny resemblance, but that's where he got the nickname. Everybody calls him RG3 on the mountain because of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of I hilarious. Love it. Yeah, he's a sweetie. But anyway, so uh, do you want me to continue? Yes, please. Okay, good. So anyway, um, so I noticed these things, you know, the way he looked at me, you know, the questions he kept asking me that I think he had a crush on me, but I just kind of dismissed it, mostly because I just thought, well, I'm not here to find another mate. I'm here to climb this mountain, and that's what I'm going to get done. And, <laughs> yeah. And you know, but he was there, and you know, we there's all kinds of backstories that are absolutely hilarious. But to, to put it in a nutshell, we managed to get all the way to Uhuru Peak, and you know, that's the summit of Kilimanjaro, which is the it's the tallest freestanding mountain in the world, wow. and it's the tallest point in Africa. So it's a kind of a monumental thing to to make it up there, but. Um, you know, we came back down and... Wait, know, how long does it take to get to the top? Oh, great question. Um, it depends on which route you take, but most routes are seven to eight days. So okay. on this particular route, which was Machame, a very popular, beautiful route, um, it took us 
five and a half days to get to summit and then you spend the next one and a half days coming back down again so it's a, it's a slow ascent because of altitude you have to go slow but then you can come down as quickly as you can come some people are super fast and can come you know with the lack of oxygen it makes you feel really tired we get to the bottom we said our goodbyes you know i was appreciative but you know still didn't think anything of it oh actually there was a, a and he totally shocked me because he said can i can i touch your hair and i'm like what <laughs> Okay, so I was right. He does kind of have a little crush on me, which I just think is hilarious. So I said, well, I guess. I'm tired. I don't care if you want to touch my hair or whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. And so he did, and you're going to love this. And so he, he, he's, like, touching my hair, and he says, and I have to, like, mimic his accent as best as I can. Oh, hair like Beyonce. And I'm like, Beyonce? What's <laughs> that Swahili? And then, you know, Beyonce. The, the, Beyonce? artist. Beyonce, precisely. <laughs> hair like, I, apparently I have hair, Badger has hair like Beyonce. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, but, I would have stepped into that. I would have been like, oh, yes, honey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, I just laughed and laughed and laughed. It made my day because I was, you know, you're exhausted and I just laughed. But then, and very few people know about this, but he said, can I kiss you? <laughs> I know. And I and I'm thinking peck on the cheek kiss. This is like we're friends kiss and yeah. no no. He went for the mouth and it was still a peck cuz I was like, "Oh no. We, we, we what's going on here?" Cuz I was just freaking out but but it, I think that's what really planted the seed when I think back on it now because after we got back from the trip, I went on safari for 4 days with some of the other women on the climb. Mm-hmm. And during that trip, we were talking about how I was going to Zanzibar after we got back from safari, but nobody else had signed up for Zanzibar. It was just me. And all the women were freaking out, saying, you can't go to Zanzibar by yourself. That's way too dangerous. What are you going to do? I said, oh, for goodness sake, I've traveled all over. I can do this. I'm a big girl. I, it's not, I'm not scared. But they, they kept saying it over and over again. So I got a little worried. said, well, okay, I'll, I'll find a guide when I get to Zanzibar to take care of me, okay? Right. But then I thought, well, that's, that's stupid. There's that, there was that guy. There was that logic, that RG3 guy. He was a good guide. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just try to reach him, see if I can find him, and, you know, see if he wants to come to Zanzibar. I'll pay for his expenses, and then that way I'll be safe. He speaks Swahili. Yeah. He knows the culture. It'll, be, it'll all be good. So, you know, I, I did manage to find him on Facebook, and I found out later that he had been trying to contact me and he, because he didn't get my phone number before I left and he'd been he went to the park service he went to the to the rangers and tried to find my information and couldn't get it and was really unhappy <laughs> but because <laughs> he was like oh you know and eventually I'm sure he would have found me somehow because he would have gotten creative but we did connect and I said hey would you like to come and he said yes and you know I said okay cool so meet me at the end of safari at the hotel and then we'll, we'll go yeah. Go to Zanzibar for four days, and that's just—it just got really surreal from there because, you know, like I remember he sent me a text message when I was still on my way back from safari. He said, "I can't wait to see you see you in your bathing suit." And I'm like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> no. what am I getting into here? This is getting way out of hand." You know, I'm still trying to deal with what's back home, and this is kind of what is this? You right. know, I, I, 
and I wasn't interested. I mean, I just wasn't in that frame of mind at that point. Right. But, you know, the universe sometimes brings things to you even when you don't think you're ready. Right. And I think that's what was happening here is it was, it was bringing it to me saying, take it, go. And so, anyway, we met up in, when I got back to Arusha, we met up, and that was, that was it. I mean, I, I started seeing him in a different way, and we fell in love very quickly. I mean, he already liked me but it, it happened very quickly. And I just, by the end of that trip, I was completely smitten, didn't want to go home. Uh. And, but we can, we continued to communicate after I got home. And, you know, I was, I had already been searching for my exit plan before I even got to Tanzania, before I met Lodic, because right. I knew it was just, couldn't take it anymore. Um, and so what happened is over the next few months, I, I went back to Africa a few times and spent time with Wadik, and then we just we just kept growing closer and closer and closer. And in the meantime, we had I had we had started divorce proceedings back home to get that taken care of, and that was not fun, but it it did happen, and it's it's over now. Right. And then on Valentine's Day of this year, Wadik and I got married in Zanzibar, where we fell in love, and had a beautiful beautiful ceremony near the beach in Stonetown. And I was lucky enough to have my friend Marion Coffer from The Climb. She was one of the, she was actually our climb photographer. We, we were very good friends on The Climb and I, she was my confidant. I told her about everything I was going through. She's like the only person that knew what was happening. And she flew all the way from Phoenix or, or Tucson, Arizona to photograph our wedding. And it was wow, just, that's, that's a good Those are the pictures you saw on the French Gift Kiss Life site were from Marion's photos from our wedding and from the, night before and also oh, they were beautiful photo. photos they're gorgeous yeah they were i was very happy to say the least yeah <laughs> so i mean like i said there's a there are just so many backstories i could talk to you for days you know but i that's kind of the overall but you know i i've taken i kind of feel like i need to say something about this i've taken an awful lot of criticism from people some people are you go girl they love this story other right. people are like oh, you're a horrible person how could you do that? It's like, do you understand? Wait, why? Why I don't understand? <laughs> you mean you're talking about people that didn't support me? Yeah, and still don't actually. Well, because they viewed it as I was already married, but you know, but it's like, yeah, but this marriage has been broken for ten years. It's been ten years. I've been just trying to manage, mm -hmm. and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to bash my ex-husband. He's a nice man, but we didn't we didn't belong together and we just both stuck it out for way too long and, yeah. and it, it finally you know this 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 trip though I guess the point of all this this trip to Kilimanjaro is what finally gave me my freedom yeah. and my 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 strength to do what I needed to do for so long my health was suffering and you know I, I mentioned earlier when we got to the top of the mountain that it's called Uhuru Peak and I didn't know until a couple months after the climb that Uhuru means freedom in Swahili. Wow. And that just like gave me goosebumps when I heard that. Because yeah. that's I it's like I climbed up to my freedom and now I call it Dirty Freedom. That's the name of our trekking company. It's Dirty Freedom. Wow. Um but it was just it was such an incredible experience. But yeah, I did exactly what you said. I over the next, you know, year or so after that, I closed shop at home. I left my law partnership. Um, I left all my family and friends because now I'm here, 9,000 
miles away from where they live. Yeah. Um, I I opened a trekking company as a shareholder with my now husband. Um, I my I finally left the relationship that had made me sick for a long time. Very yeah. difficult relationship. And so everything changed. And you know, as if, as if that weren't enough. In March of 2017, six months after my climb, my my mother died unexpectedly. Oh. And that just was the most horrible thing. But I, I, you know, again, I think it was the universe looking out for me. Because if I would have been home when that happened, it would have just devastated me. I mean, it was bad enough. But somehow having that 9,000 miles gave me some time to start coping with it before I had to go back home for the funeral. Okay. And so it was for me. It was a it was a, a blessing because it was a sudden death. It was not like she was in the hospital. Where I could have visited her. It was right. She passed away in her sleep, but um, it was just very very difficult. And mm. what I like in my life now, and finding this freedom, it, you know, it's it's completely changed my outlook. I mean, you know, I, it's like you said, attitude, positive attitude is just so, it's huge and. Your life can change, but you have to do it. And I keep telling people around me that don't know what to do or they have some unhappiness. You have to take it on yourself. You have to you have to take steps because, generally speaking, it's not going to fall on you the way Kilimanjaro fell on me. I mean, right. I even resisted it. I mean, I was I was in no mood for any of this because I was you know I was coming out of a relationship. And in fact, I remember Lodic and I I talked when we were in Zanzibar. And I said, I'll never get married again. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, you know, after that, that's so scarring, you know? Yeah. That's... But, but then I realized it's because I didn't have the right, you know, and again, I'm, I'm really, truly not bashing my ex-husband because I would never want to do that, but it just was simply not a, a good match. It was not a good match, and he he was abusive to me, though, and that's yeah. the hard part. You know, it was, it was a lot of abuse. You know, I remember just to give you an example of how and I, I'm a pretty sensitive person even though I'm a badger you know I, I, I don't like to be nobody likes to have mean things said to them but you know yeah. I'm particularly sensitive I'll take anything and possibly make it that way but I remember when I got home and I put this on the French Kiss Life um, post that I wrote Yeah. I remember I was doing something and I asked my, my ex-husband I said you know why in 25 years of being good, why have you never once told me I'm beautiful? And he said, because you're not. <laughs> just without any, you know, hesitation. And, I, and it was just like digging the knife in deeper. And I was like, seriously, why did I even stay in it this long? Yeah. You know, things like that. It was, it was just emotional abuse. It was very difficult. And wow. I, now that I'm free from that, oh. My life has changed. I mean, I didn't mention some of the other things that happened. I lost 40 pounds because I'd been carrying around so much stress and so much unhappiness that it did, you know, I didn't eat a lot. I just couldn't lose weight. And I didn't even try to lose weight here. It just, the, the difference in the, the stress level and the environment here, the food, you know, being loved again and feeling loved and having that experience, yeah. you know, the way it was just completely changed my health and so now I'm, I'm a lot thinner I'm eating healthy my, my health is good yeah. <laughs> I just turned 50 so you know I feel great I don't feel a day over 49 
<laughs> See, I love that. And you're absolutely gorgeous. Like, I saw the pictures. You are beautiful. <laughs> like, you know, oh, what? You know he was reflection. He was talking about his own reflection, quite honestly. Yeah. And there was something yeah. in himself he didn't like. Yeah, you know? and, and I've, I've come to grips with that now after yeah. a lot of talking. I have a really good, like, post-marriage counselor that I've been talking to here in Tanzania, and I realized after that experience there was a lot of guilt, even though it was coming and I deserved to get out of it, there was still an awful lot of guilt I was carrying around, and one day she sat me down and said, you know, why are you feeling guilty? Because what did he do to you? Let's talk about this. Yeah. And she said, he's the one that caused this problem, not you, and so quit carrying that guilt, and that day I let it go. I said, you're right, I shouldn't be carrying this around, it's not right, it's making me unhappy, and I have to let it go. And so I did. And, yeah. But the, the dirty freedom just kind of continues to morph, you know, it's just, what else could possibly change? But yeah, I, I live here in Africa, I love it, I don't have any desire to live in the United States anymore, I'm happy here, and I'm with my husband. Yeah. We have, we just have a really good life, it's a simple life. You know, I, I've learned also through this experience and kind of in the last several years of my life that I really like simplicity. Yeah. And what I was not enjoying in my past life was complexity. Yeah. And having too many things, you know, a big house, cars. It was just, it was overwhelming. And I don't want any of that stuff anymore. I just want, I want love and happiness and the, the basic necessities of life, like, you know, food, water, shelter, and health care. <laughs> No, yeah, I hear that. I hear that one. How do you? And if I have that, I'm good to go. <laughs> I love it, gorgeous. I love it. You mentioned earlier, like how sometimes the universe hands stuff to you, um, like, mm -hmm. but you may not feel like you're ready for it yet. So, how mm -hmm. do you recognize that the universe is handing something to you, um, or God's handing something to you? And how do you be like open to it that we're not blocking it? but also have the courage to accept that, to accept what's being handed to you? Oh, that's, that's an amazing question. Um, I think it's really hard because, we, I mean, I've likened this whole experience to the to, to burning everything to the ground. I've yeah. been saying that recently, that I just took everything in my past life that was not serving me and I burned it down to ashes and then I visualize myself as the phoenix rising from the ashes. But 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 you're right. How do you know when the universe is presenting something to you? And I guess the thing is, is it's part of being present, I think, because one of my problems I had in the past was not living in the present. I was always living in the future or the past. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult. I was never focusing on what was happening around me. And so I couldn't see the opportunities because I was too focused on past incidents or what was going to happen in the future. And so things, you know, possibly can hit you in the head and you don't even realize. But the openness, you said, I mean, I, I've had a friend who describes this as clearing space. You have to just, at some point in your life, sit down and say, okay, am I happy with everything in my life? And if there's something that isn't good, mm. then, you know, number one, is it something that I can do anything about? Yeah. An example of something you can't is the death of my mother. I can't fix that. I can't right. undo her dying. But, you know, but are there, for example, friends in your life that are negative and causing you to be negative, too? You know, maybe right. you need to reassess and find different friends. And now I found that once you start clearing that space and letting things go. And, yeah, we should be going.
Hey beautifuls, welcome to this week's Fitness Mimosas. After this week's episode, you're going to want to quit your job, move to another country, and have your own, I would like to call, under the Tuscan sun experience, because the real life story you're about to hear is just that awesome. Because Stephanie, your story blows my mind. So <laughs> thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today, gorgeous. I love it. <laughs> Um, so do you prefer You're Steph welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, do you prefer Stephanie or Honey Badger? Because I know people call you both names. You know, everybody calls me Badger, so Badger. just call me Badger. Okay, I can vote with Badger. Badger works. So Badger, I'm going to give just like a highlight of the glitter of your life, and then you have so many gorgeous details, I would love to hear the full thing. Um, but I met you and Tanya Lee's she used to have a Facebook group called French Kissing Life, all about women who are just loving life and exploring life. And so I met you there. And you shared that you were a trial lawyer in a big city law firm doing well for yourself professionally, but just some kind of an unhealthy, abusive relationship. And I'm, I'm sort of skipping over some of the, the details here, but essentially you received an email from someone named Heather Thompson, who I guess was on the Real Housewives of New York. And she was recruiting people to climb, uh-oh, I might mispronounce it. Is it Mount Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro. Oh, Kilimanjaro. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you took the plunge. Um, you have what it's called Under the Tuscan Sun, because that's one of my favorite movies, Experience. You flew to Tanzania. Mm. You went to this different country. You climbed the mountain. After that, you just transformed into another woman. You left. Like, Completely. Yes! I like it. Oh my god, it gives me shivers. Like, you left the broken marriage behind, left the law firm behind, you started your blog, Dirty Freedom, and now you own your own trekking safari company. You help other people step into their power. So, welcome to Fitness Mimosas, beautiful. Your story is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. Well, thank you. Sometimes it freaks me out a little bit, but it is, it is kind of a fun story. No, but it's so cool. Like, how cool is it, beautiful? Now we're talking to a girlfriend in Tanzania, and her life is just such an inspiration. So I shared a bit of a highlight reel, like the icing on the cake, but um, could you share a little bit more about the details and how all this happened in your story? I'd be happy to. Um, it's kind of a long story, so I don't know how much time you have, but I'll oh, just... We have time. We're sipping mimosas. Just tell... Well, there you go. Oh, goodness. Yes, exactly. Well, it's it's like you said. I In April of 2016, I was feeling pretty depressed. Um, didn't have much going on that was exciting in my life. Just, you know, I really enjoyed my job and everything, but I had a very bad <clears throat> relationship that had been broken for some time a married relationship in fact two days ago would have been my 25th wedding anniversary if I um, was if things had worked out but it had been several years of me trying to figure out <clears throat> you know what do I, I need to get out of this relationship because it's killing me you know I all I do is work all the time and then this you know I get up one morning it's raining typical Seattle rain I'm feeling depressed and I see this email from Heather Thompson and like you said she's recruiting women to climb Kilimanjaro and I just thought that was insane because I, I didn't understand Kilimanjaro was a trekkable mountain I thought it was like a or a hikeable I thought it was um like Everest where you have to have you know professional climbing expertise <laughs> and I kind of laughed and said oh yeah right but um when I looked on Google I realized it's a it's you can hike it 
And so I went ahead just on an urge. Just, I mean, I didn't spend any time thinking about it. I just put in an application and signed up. Didn't even think about it. And then when I got picked to go, then I started to freak out. Because I'm like, what have I done? I, I'm a cyclist. I'm not a mountain climber. I don't know how to do this. Oh, this I would have high altitude. <laughs> well, I mean, I freaked out basically for the next five months until we went. And there were several times where I almost even canceled and said, you know, just take me off the list because I, this is not... I just can't do this. <laughs> and I and I look back at that now and think, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, that, that my badger personality prevailed because that's, I'm named, named for ba- badger for a reason. It's because I, well, one of my um, lawyer, one of my um, partners who was my boss about, let's see, what year was that? It was like 13 years ago. He had read one of the first depositions I took and he said, oh, he said you were you were so persistent and so tenacious. He said you didn't let this guy get away with not answering your questions. You were a badger. You totally badgered him, and then it just stuck. He just started calling me badger from that point forward. And it's it just I mean it just everybody calls me badger now. It's kind of funny how that worked out. But um, I guess my point is is the I just I said I can't quit this. I've taken it on. I've been training. I'm gonna do this. Come hell or high water, it scares me, but I'm gonna do it. And so I trained all summer long, and I was already in good good physical shape because I'm a distance cyclist, and it was just a matter of adding, you know, the hiking up hills to my training because I normally ride a bike up hills, and it's different muscles. But when we got to, I think I left on September 18th to flew out of Seattle, very excited but very nervous, <clears throat> didn't know what was awaiting me. And what, what strikes me most is what happened on the way to the airport and I haven't shared this story with very many people but it was kind of like the defining moment for something really has to change in my life or I'm going to self-destruct but my my husband at the time didn't I mean he didn't even want to take me to the airport and I needed help because you have a lot of gear you can't take a bus it's too difficult and plus I'm going on like one of the biggest adventures of my life and I wanted someone to you know send me off and he didn't want to go you know, he has a scout meeting. I'm too busy. I'm like, are you serious? I'm going to Africa. Right. <laughs> Hello. Right. I'm going to Africa. And so it was a really miserable ride down to the airport. And by the time we got to the airport, I was actually crying. Oh, my gosh. Because he was, he was snapping at me in the car. He was just... And it's a long, long story about why the relationship was already toast. But that was like when I got out of the car, I just knew... Was this it. was the end. I mean, I really had to stop belaboring the obvious, and I needed to move on. I needed to figure out how to how to get out of this. Um, and so I went on the trip, did the, did the mountain. Didn't you know? I didn't see any of this coming. What ended up happening to me, even while I was there, I didn't see it coming because I I ended up with this guide named Lodic. I thought it was Lodiki, but that's just how Africans pronounce things. And I so I was writing his name wrong, but. Um, we, we, he was my guide for the seven days that we were up there. And then the way that developed further, and then you can, if you want to ask specific questions, I'm just kind of going No, over I, love the, the, I love the, this. I love it. This is like the 40, this is like the 40,000 foot level. Um, so Lodic was an excellent guide. His nickname was RG3 because he looks just like that football player from the, I'm trying to remember the name of the team. I think it's the Washington, the I don't even skins. remember which one. 
Yes, that's the one. I think that's where he's from. And I have, I actually have a picture side by side of that guy, RG three. No, they do. Yeah, I saw my husband. They do look a lot alike. Yeah. Personally, I think my husband's cuter, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Get it, girl. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so anyway, um, Lodic was a very attentive, very good guide, and I, I sensed throughout the hike that he kind of had a crush on me because he, just. You could just tell sometimes. It was yeah. like, but I looked at it as like, oh, well, this is just, he just, this is some American woman. He's, she's probably weird. She dances. I mean, I, I'm a boisterous person. I, I, I like to dance around the mountain, you know, cause trouble. And I just think, I, I thought it was entertainment. But, it, you know, he kept asking me, are you married? Because I, I didn't have my wedding ring on. I didn't bring any valuables with me. Stephanie Beautiful, are you there? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what French Chris in life is, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So, So we are good. I don't, let's see. We're good. So I know you're talking about your husband and looking like RG3. Yes. <laughs> but he's like the first edition and RG3 is the copy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, but um, I was just saying um, it's, it's kind of an uncanny resemblance, but that's where he got the nickname. Everybody calls him RG3 on the mountain because of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of I hilarious. Love it. Yeah. He's a sweetie. But anyway, so uh, do you want me to continue? Yes, please. Okay, good. So anyway, um, so I noticed these things, you know, the way he looked at me, you know, the questions he kept asking me that I think he had a crush on me, but I just kind of dismissed it, mostly because I just thought, well, you know, I'm not here to find another mate. I'm here to climb this mountain, and that's what I'm going to get done. And, <laughs> yeah. And you know, But he was there, and, you know, we... There's all kinds of backstories that are absolutely hilarious, but to, to put it in a nutshell, we managed to get all the way to Uhuru Peak, and you know that's the summit of Kilimanjaro, which is the it's the tallest freestanding mountain in the world, wow. and it's the tallest point in Africa. So it's a kind of a monumental thing to to make it up there. But um, you know, we came back down, and wait, know, how long does it take to get to the top? Oh, great question. Um, it depends on which route you take, but most routes are seven to eight days. So okay. on this particular route, which was Machame, a very popular, beautiful route, um, it took us five and a half days to get to Summit, and then you spend the next one and a half days coming back down again. So it's a, it's a slow ascent because of altitude. You have to go slow, but then you can come down as quickly as you can come. Some people are super fast and can come, you know, with the lack of oxygen, it makes you feel really tired. Yeah, we get to the bottom, we said our goodbyes, you know, I was appreciative, but, you know, still didn't think anything of it. Oh, actually, there was a, a and he totally shocked me because he said, can I, can I touch your hair? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was right. He does kind of have a little crush on me, which I just think is hilarious. So I said, well, I guess. I'm tired. I don't care if you want to touch my hair, whatever. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. And so he did, and you're going to love this. And so he, he, he's, like, touching my hair, and he says, and I have to, like, mimic his accent as best as I can. Oh, hair like Bianca's. And I'm like, 
Beyonce. Let's <laughs> that Swahili, and then you know Beyonce. The, the, Beyonce. The, the artist. Beyonce. Precisely. Apparently, apparently Badger has hair like Beyonce. I didn't know. Oh, but, I would have stepped into that. I would have been like, oh, yes, honey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, I just laughed and laughed and laughed. It made my day because I was, you know, you're exhausted and I just laughed. And then, and very few people know about this, but he said, can I kiss you? <laughs> I know. And, I, and I'm and i peck-on-the-cheek kiss. This is like we're friends kiss. And yeah. no, no. He went for the mouth. And it was still a peck because I was like, oh no. We, 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 what's going on here? Because I was just freaking out. But but it, I think that's what really planted the seed when I think back on it now. Because after we got back from the trip, I went on safari for four days with some of the other women on the climb. Mm-hmm. And during that trip, we were talking about how I was going to Zanzibar after we got back from Safari, but nobody else had signed up for Zanzibar. It was just me. And all the women were freaking out, saying, you can't go to Zanzibar by yourself. That's way too dangerous. What are you going to do? And I said, oh, for goodness sake, I've traveled all over. I can do this. I'm a big girl. I, it's not, I'm not scared. But they, they kept saying it over and over again. So I got a little worried. said, well, okay, I'll, I'll find a guide when I get to Zanzibar to take care of me, okay? Right. But then I thought, well, that's, that's stupid. There's that, there was that guy. There was that logic, that RG3 guy. He was a good guide. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just try to reach him, see if I can find him, and, you know, see if he wants to come to Zanzibar, I'll pay for his expenses, and then that way I'll be safe. He speaks Swahili. Yeah. He knows the culture. It'll, be, it'll all be good. So, you know, I, I did manage to find him on Facebook, and I found out later that he had been trying to contact me because he, he didn't get my phone number before I left and he'd been he went to the park service, he went to the to the rangers and tried to find my information and couldn't get it and was really unhappy. <laughs> but <laughs> he was like oh you know and eventually I'm sure he would have found me somehow because he would have gotten creative. But we did connect and I said, Hey, would you like to come? And he said, Yes. And you know, I said, Okay, cool. So meet me at the end of Safari at the hotel and then we'll we'll go. Yeah. Go to Zanzibar for four days, and that's just—it just got really surreal from there because, you know, like I remember he sent me a text message when I was still on my way back from Safari. He said, "I can't wait to see you see you in your bathing suit." And I'm like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> no. what am I getting into here? This is getting way out of hand." You know, I'm still trying to deal with what's back home, and this is coming. What is this? You right. know, I. I and I wasn't interested. I mean, I just wasn't in that frame of mind at that point. Right. But, you know, the universe sometimes brings things to you even when you don't think you're ready. Right. And I think that's what was happening here is it was it was bringing it to me saying, take it, go. And so, anyway, we met up in, when I got back to Arusha, we met up. And that was, that was it. I mean, I, I started seeing him in a different way. And we fell in love very quickly. I mean, he already liked me but it, it happened very quickly and I just by the end of that trip I was completely smitten didn't want to go home Aww. and but we can we continued to communicate after I got home and you know I was I had already been searching for my exit plan before I even got to Tanzania before I met Lodic because right. I knew it was just couldn't take it anymore um and so what happened is over the next few months I I went back to Africa a few times and spent time with Wadik, and 
then we just we just kept growing closer and closer and closer and in the meantime we had I had we had started divorce proceedings back home to get that taken care of and that was not fun but it, it did happen and it's it's over now right and then on Valentine's Day of this year Lodric and I got married in Zanzibar where we fell in love and had a beautiful beautiful ceremony near the beach in Stonetown and I was lucky enough to have my friend Marion Coffer from The Climb. She was one of the, she was actually our climb photographer. We, we were very good friends on The Climb, and I, she was my confidant. I told her about everything I was going through. She's like the only person that knew what was happening. And she flew all the way from Phoenix or, or Tucson, Arizona, to photograph our wedding. And it was wow, just, that's, that's a good Those are the pictures you saw on the French Kiss Life site were from Marion's photos from our wedding and from the, night before and also oh, they were beautiful photo. photos they're gorgeous yeah they were i was very happy to say the least yeah <laughs> so i mean like i said there's all there are just so many backstories i could talk to you for days you know but i that's kind of the overall but you know i i've taken i kind of feel like i need to say something about this i've taken an awful lot of criticism from people some people are you go girl they love this story other right. people are like you're a horrible person how could you do that? It's like, do you understand? Wait, why? Why I don't understand? <laughs> you mean you're talking about people that didn't support me? Yeah. And still don't actually. Well, because they viewed it as I was already married, but you know, but it's like, yeah, but this marriage has been broken for ten years. It's been ten years. I've been just trying to manage, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to bash my ex-husband. He's a nice man, but we didn't. We didn't belong together, and we just both stuck it out for way too long. And, yeah. and it, it finally, you know, this 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 trip, though, I guess the point of all this, this trip to Kilimanjaro is what finally gave me my freedom yeah. and my, my, my strength to do what I needed to do for so long. My health was suffering. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier when we got to the top of the mountain that it's called Uhuru Peak. And I didn't know till a couple months after the climb that Uhuru means freedom in Swahili. Wow. And that just, like, gave me goosebumps when I heard that. Because yeah. that's I, it's like I climbed up to my freedom, and now I call it Dirty Freedom. That's the name of our trekking company. It's Dirty Freedom. Wow. Um, but it was just, it was such an incredible experience. But, yeah, I did exactly what you said. I, over the next, you know, year or so after that, I closed shop at home. I left my law partnership. Um, I left all my family and friends because now I'm here, 9,000 miles away from where they live. Yeah. Um, I I opened a trekking company as a shareholder with my now husband. Um, I my I finally left the relationship that had made me sick for a long time, very yeah. difficult relationship. And so everything changed. And you know, as if, as if that weren't enough. In March of 2017, six months after my climb, my my mother died unexpectedly. Oh, and that just was the most horrible thing. But I, I you know, again, I think it was the universe looking out for me because if I would have been home when that happened, it would have just devastated me. I mean, it was bad enough, but somehow having that nine five thousand miles gave me some time to start coping with it before I had to go back home for the funeral. Okay. And so it was for me. It was a it was a, a blessing because it was a sudden death. It was not like she was in the hospital. Where I could have visited her. It was right. She passed away in her sleep. But um, 
it was just very, very difficult. And what mm. I like in my life now, and finding this freedom, it, you know, it's it's completely changed my outlook. I mean, you know, I, it's like you said, attitude, positive attitude is just so, it's huge. And your life can change, but you have to do it. And I keep telling people around me that don't know what to do or they have some unhappiness, you have to take it on yourself. You have to you have to take steps because generally speaking it's not gonna fall on you the way Kilimanjaro fell on me. I mean right. I even resisted it. I mean I was I was in no mood for any of this because I was you know, I was coming out of a relationship and in fact I remember Lodic and I, I talked when we were in Zanzibar and I said, I'll never get married again. <laughs> yeah, oh I mean you know, after that that's so word. scarring. You know? Yeah. That's but then I realized it's because I didn't have the right, you know, and again, I'm, I'm really, truly not bashing my ex-husband because I would never want to do that, but it's just simply not a, a good match. It was not a good match, and he he was abusive to me, though, and that's yeah. the hard part. You know, it was, it was a lot of abuse. You know, I remember, just to give you an example of how, and I, I'm a pretty sensitive person, even though I'm a badger. You know, I, I, I don't like to be, nobody likes to have things said to them but you know yeah. I'm particularly sensitive I'll take anything and possibly make it that way but I remember when I got home and I put this on the French Kiss Life um, post that I wrote Yeah. I remember I was doing something and I asked my, my ex-husband I said you know why in 25 years of being together why have you never once told me I'm beautiful and he said because you're not <laughs> just without any you know, hesitation, and, I, and it was just like digging the knife in deeper, and I was like, seriously, why did I even stay in it this long? Yeah. You know, things like that, it was it was just emotional abuse that was very difficult, and wow. I now that I'm free from that, oh, I just, my life has changed. I mean, I didn't mention some of the other things that happened. I lost 40 pounds because I'd been carrying around so much stress and so much unhappiness that it did, you know, I didn't eat a lot. I just couldn't lose weight. And I didn't even try to lose weight here. It just, the, the difference in the, the stress level and the environment here, the food, you know, being loved again and feeling loved and having that experience, yeah. you know, the way it was, just completely changed my health. And so now I'm, I'm a lot thinner. I'm eating healthy. My, my health is good. Yeah. <laughs> I just turned 50 so you know, I feel great. I don't feel a day over 49. <laughs> See, I love that. And you're absolutely gorgeous. Like, I saw the pictures. You are beautiful. <laughs> like, you oh, know what? You know, he was reflection. He was talking about his own reflection, quite honestly. Yeah. And there was something yeah, in himself he didn't like. Yeah. You know? And, and I've, I've come to grips with that now after yeah. a lot of talking. I have a really good, like, post-marriage counselor that I've been talking to here in Tanzania and I realized after that experience, there was a lot of guilt, even though it was coming and I deserved to get out of it, there was still an awful lot of guilt I was carrying around. And one day she sat me down and said, you know, why are you feeling guilty? Because what did he do to you? Let's talk about this. Yeah. And she said, he's the one that caused this problem, not you. And so quit carrying that guilt. And that day I let it go. I said, you're right, I shouldn't be carrying this around, it's not right, it's making me unhappy, and I have to let it go, and so I did, and, yeah. but the, the dirty freedom just kind of continues to morph, you know, it's just, 
what else could possibly change? But yeah, I, I live here in Africa. I love it. I don't have any desire to live in the United States anymore. I'm happy here, and I'm with my husband. Yeah. We have, we just have a really good life. It's a simple life. You know, I, I've learned also through this experience and kind of in the last several years of my life that I really like simplicity. Yeah. And what I was not enjoying in my past life was complexity. Yeah. And having too many things, you know, a big house, cars, it was just, it was overwhelming. And I don't want any of that stuff anymore. I just want, I want love and happiness and the basic necessities of life, like, you know, food, water, shelter, and health care. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I hear that. I hear that one. How do you And if have, I have that, I'm good to go. <laughs> I love it, gorgeous. I love it. You mentioned earlier, like, how sometimes the universe hands stuff to you. Um you like, mm-hmm. but you may not feel like you're ready for it yet. So how mm-hmm. do you recognize that the universe is handling something to you um, or God's handing something to you? And how do you be like open to it that way you're not blocking it, but also have the courage to accept that, to accept what's being handed to you? Oh, that's, that's an amazing question. Um, I think it's really hard because, we, I mean, I've likened this whole experience to the to, to burning everything to the ground. I've yeah. been saying that recently, that I just took everything in my past life that was not serving me, and I burned it down to ashes, and then I visualized myself as the phoenix rising from the ashes. But 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 you're right. How do you know when the universe is presenting something to you? And I guess the thing is, is it's part of being present, I think, because one of my problems I had in the past was not living in the present. I was always living in the future or the past. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult. I was never focusing on what was happening around me. And so I couldn't see the opportunities because I was too focused on past incidents or what was going to happen in the future. And so things, you know, possibly can hit you in the head and you don't even realize. But the openness you said, I mean, I've had a friend who describes this as clearing space. You have to just, at some point in your life, sit down and say, okay, am I happy with everything in my life? And if there's something that isn't, good mm. then you know number one is it something that I can do anything about yeah and an example of something you can't is the death of my mother I can't fix that I right. can't undo her dying right but you know but are there for example friends in your life that are negative and causing you to be negative too you know maybe right. you need to reassess and find different friends and now I found that once you start clearing that space and letting things go Uh, So how do you learn yourself? How do you love yourself unconditionally? And how do you find the strength to jump? Um, The first one about loving unconditionally, I I am a very big believer in self-talk and affirmations. Mm. So I literally started, and and I do tapping too, if you're familiar with with tapping, emotional freedom technique, I think is what they call it. I, I literally say to myself each day when I wake up and before I go to sleep at night, I love you unconditionally. Oh, I love I, it. I love you unconditionally. And the thing with affirmations is they've, they've said that after you say something like that, I forget how many times you need to do it, it becomes truth mm. to you. Mm-hmm. And so, but I continue to do it just because I think it's a nice ritual and I think it's important, but... You just have to start telling yourself that. And sometimes I would even look in the mirror and say it to my face. That was really hard to do yeah. for a while. I didn't want to look at my face. You know, I, I, I'd i been through so much emotional 
distress and unhappiness, especially about my appearance, that it was it was impossible. But yeah, you you, you just you just do little steps, and eventually you you get to a day where you realize that oh, because I, I do love myself because you you see yourself in practice starting to put yourself first instead mm. of tolerating nonsense from other you know sources. You you you, you change your attitude completely. And it gives you joy. I mean, it, it makes you it makes you feel good. And and now I'm forgetting what the second part of your question. Oh, how do you find <laughs> the strength to jump? Oh, how do you find the strength to jump? Oh boy, <laughs> that's that's a hard one. I mean, because I over the the months after the climb, because I was contemplating this the whole time. It's like I really this is my opportunity. I have to take it. Right. But how do I do this? This is crazy. I can't move to Africa. Yeah, <laughs> I said. I cannot move to Africa. I have a house. I have a car. I have dogs and cats. I, I can't do this. And then I realized now in retrospect, yes, you can. You just have to choose. Mm. But it is, it's, it's this, where do you get the strength from? It's just, at some point, you, I don't know how it is for everybody. I think right. everybody's a little different on that. But for me, it was just, I am having so much joy and happiness in this new life that I'm going to jump and it's scary, it's super scary. And even now I, I, I'm scared sometimes. I'm in a different culture. There's no family here other than my, well, Lodic's family, they're wonderful people. But I don't have my American family with me. Yeah. Close, I can't run over there if I'm feeling sad someday. You know? Yeah. But there's, but there's, there's Skype, there's, there's email, there's ways to talk. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to, you just have to love yourself and tell yourself I'm worth it, and, and then you have to jump. Wow! And, and, and take the chance because you, if you don't jump, then you're you're going to stay right where you are. That's the key. And for me, that's what finally did it. Is I realized that if I don't jump, I'm going to be right here in five, ten, twenty years. Nothing is going to change. It's yeah. going to be just this and probably worse. And so you just you just do it, and you and you rely on your friends as much as possible. This is part of the surrounding yourself with people that can handle it and want to encourage you mm. instead of mm -hmm. people that are saying, you're crazy. What right. are you doing? Why right. are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. You just have to let it go. That's, that's the only thing I say is you have to let it go. Oh, I love that. Um, something I've been, well, like, just a little, I guess nervous slash scared to share is I've been thinking about, well, not thinking, I've been actually doing it, but going to boudoir photography so I mm -hmm. did personal training, um, but just after my little brother passed, I'm not the same person anymore. And mm -hmm. I'm just, I, I, don't know, I feel so lost. But when I do mm -hmm. the photography, I feel so much better about helping women feel free in their bodies. And I love the pictures. Um, and it's just, I really like enjoy it. And it's the few times where I feel somewhat alive. But I've been holding back from oh. sort of sharing that passion, especially in social media a little bit, because of other people's judgments, you know? I was raised uh, to like, oh, well, cover your body up or, you know, just very like, think of your body this way. And, you know, I've always done stuff like pole dancing or exercise on the side, but always just sort of downplayed it and not really shared, shared that, you know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so now when I'm jumping forward and just going through and working on it quietly, but it's, it's growing and growing, how do you deal with like other people judging you because of what you're doing? Like, how did you deal with you're in this area, you're moving, you're following your heart, and then dealing with other people, just throwing that side eye at you. Yeah, well, what works for me 
is that I've been viewing this process as this is what I tell people I have to live life by my own script mm. not by the script that you have for me because yes. while I may look really good in your script you may like that that um, storyline right it doesn't work for me right and so I have to do what works for me and I'm you know and basically you just you're very friendly but you say I'm sorry if this doesn't meet your storyline or your script but I I have to do it. I get one life I get one shot at this and I'm not gonna waste any more time doing things that don't make me happy this is part of the self-love and the clearing if it's not making you happy then why is it there you know right try, oh. to, try to do something and move on and, and and you'll find that when you just let go so many other people will take the place of the naysayers yeah that you it, it won't matter as much you know it's tough when it's family though i've had some issues with a few of my family members that have not been so wild about what's happening <laughs> and that's hard because you can't really you know just tell your family to take a hike but i've just been very patient and said the same thing to them that i say to friends this is my life it's my script i'm i have lived a very unhappy life for a long time I'm not going to live the next 50 years of my life unhappy like that. I am going to do what I enjoy. And, you know, owning a trekking company, what does that have to do with practicing law? Nothing. <laughs> but it gives me happiness. You know, yeah. I, I like it in the safaris because that's, that's kind of what opened up for me when I'm talking about, you know, paying attention to being present is I realized I wasn't even noticing what was happening around me. Something beautiful would happen right next to me in my old life. And I wouldn't even see it. I'd be too caught up in my, you know, my work or my relationship. I couldn't even see what was happening. And now, yeah, notice when I'm out walking, I'll see a duck, and I'll be like, oh, look at that duck! Yeah, so cool. I gotta take a picture of the duck. Yeah, you know, like today, I do that today, too. I, I haven't posted it yet, but I saw a chicken standing on a rock, and I said, that chicken looks like it's guarding that house. Aww. You know, and so now, it just so I took a picture of that. So yeah. I, I, I relate to the photography thing. Yeah. I'm not a photographer, but I enjoy shooting pictures of whatever I see that interests me. Yeah. And all the joy that I would not have seen before because I would have been walking down the street with my nose to the ground, just trying to get from point A to point B, and life's happening around you, but you don't see any of it or hear any of it. Yeah. Now I see and hear all of it. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's gorgeous. <laughs> That is gorgeous. Like <laughs> oh, I love. I'm gonna like. I wrote that down too. Like, I'm gonna tell people it's my own. What this is my own script? I'm sorry if it doesn't fit into yours. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just oh. the way it is. And once I that was a very pivotal moment for me because when I realized that's what was going on, yeah, that everybody else was trying to feed me their script. Right. Then it became very clear to me what was happening. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. This is, this is not their life. This is my life <laughs> yeah yes it seems obvious but you're right we, we act like you know like let me give you the pen in my journal <laughs> well yeah i mean i mean i mean just think if i was following my like i'm, I'm, I'm just making something up or like my grandma's script i mean right. she's pretty cool but i don't think i'd be doing what i'm doing right now if right. i was with my grandma's script yeah you know but it's but it's again it has to be yours and, yeah. and it has to be you know, if, if, if you're not enjoying some things in life every day that are simple, that, like the chicken standing on the rock, to me, you're just missing some things because, and the people here, you know, I mean, I, I'm constantly 
seeing beauty in just the people. You know, I can see an old woman walk by carrying a big, huge pile of sticks on her head, and I'm just amazed because she's so strong and yeah. so determined and can do anything. And yeah. well, wow, when I'm when I'm 80 years old like her, can I walk around with a big thing of sticks on my head like that? Yeah. And and she's it's just amazing to me, and I I just. I want to cry all the time. I mean, I'm so oh. emotional when I see it. It makes me want to, not a bad cry, but it's no, I know. Like I'm overcome with emotion cry. <laughs> oh, I love that. This is so cool. <laughs> oh, that's, oh my goodness. Like you're really soaking in the beauty of life. I love that. Yes. I love yes. that. You heat it up. You oh. heat it up. And it yes. makes your yes. soul just, just, just full of life oh. and beauty and happiness. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, it's some, very cool. Some people talk about, you know, when you turn 50, they sort of view it as like a downhill point, you know, like a lot of marketing is like, oh, let's do this, get this, help you stay younger. You know what I mean? Like all sort of competitive yes. or preventative things. Um, I but, know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but I love it that as you approach it, it's becoming like more and more beautiful and you're stepping into it. Like you can hear your voice, how much you love life and you see the sexiness and the beauty in it. How were you able to take the viewpoint that's surrounded in here in the world today and, and switch it around, reframe it? Oh, that's, that's, that's so perfect because this, this topic came up recently with my husband around my birthday because I was taking the usual, I'll call it the American attitude that, oh, I'm gonna be 50, I'm gonna have to get black balloons, gonna have to get a casket you know oh no <laughs> morose i'm just like morose oh i got one foot in the grave the other on a banana peel oh my. ridiculous and then, I, and then he said i don't understand your culture's view on this i don't get it he said here the older you get the more cool it is because oh. it means you you lived it means you if you make make 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 his aunt died a few months ago she was 102 and, wow. You know, they just, they, they view it as like, woo, celebrate, you're 50, that's so awesome. You know, yeah. This goal. <laughs> wow. When I heard that, I'm like, how could I have not seen this before? How yeah. could I have been viewing getting older as a bad thing? Because just because you're getting chronologically older, it makes no difference. The age, logic always says age is just the number. Yeah. He said, what does it mean? It's just a number. Yeah. And I said, you know, you're right. All it, all it matters for is when you're younger, it means at some age you can start drinking or smoking or driving a car. You know, it has legal or, you know, at some age you can start taking retirement. Yeah. But it's just a number otherwise. And so instead of looking at it as bad, you have to just keep looking forward to how, you know, what are the beautiful things are coming in my life? And yeah. And, you know, staying active is really good. I, I, I stay very active because I don't want to, I don't want to get old. And I put that in quotes, meaning that I lose my physical ability to get out and run around. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a lot in your attitude. And so I, I really like the idea of the African culture viewing aging as an awesome thing as opposed to, oh, no, I'm 50. Yeah. No, I'm 50. Yeehaw. Yeah, I mean, that in itself makes you younger. Like, that's better than any pill. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. Oh, and I love so, it. I don't even care. I mean, that I'm, now that I'm 50, I, could care, I couldn't care less because it's like it doesn't matter. It's just, it's cool, actually. And I'm, I'm totally happy. And I, I'm doing almost 
that's exactly what I did when I was 20. I mean, I'm, I'm out running. I, I can cycle. I can climb mountains. Wow. It's all in your head. You just got to decide, you know, what you're going to do. And, and you can do it. You can do yeah. whatever you set your mind to. Oh, I love that. I love it. What is it that you think every woman should know about themselves? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I, have to think about that. <laughs> I know that's like a that's like a loaded question. That's like a weight that's of the so world. Like here you go, run with the bombshell. <laughs> yeah. What should every woman know about herself? Well, it's kind of getting back to a little bit what I've already touched on is you should know about yourself, the things you love, and the things that aren't so much that way. Ah. Yeah. You know, and no, how do I even describe this? This is really like a metaphysical question. <laughs> what do you know about yourself? Well, and just know, know who you are. You know, know know what you're about, what your what your morals are, what your beliefs are, and live as close to them as possible. Oh, and re I love it. Them, re-examine them from time to time to make sure, because I my beliefs have changed over the years. Yeah. And just re-examine and know about yourself what's important to you and, and what and where um, what I would call um, breaking break that's not the right word breaking points or in other words things You're you like will not non-negotiables or exactly. boundaries things you will not compromise on you have to have things that you say these are sacred I won't compromise on this like a big huge difference between Lodic and my ex-husband is Lodic tells me I'm beautiful practically every day. He tells me he loves me several times a day without Aww. any kind of prompting. It's just, it's such simple little things, but for me, it's very important. I yeah. need to, I need to hear things like that. And, and it's just, it's kind of a non-negotiable. Yeah. And, but he, he enjoys it. And so if you have someone that's not fulfilling that for you, just be careful. <laughs> yeah. Always be looking at what's, what's happening and, you know, how, how is this affecting me? And am I putting myself first, or am I putting something else first? You know, it sounds very selfish. I think a lot of people don't like that, the, the putting yourself first. But I view it as not a selfish act, but a very loving act. Because it is. Someone pointed out to me several years ago that if you can't love yourself and take care of yourself first, how are you going to be able to take care of others when they need you? Because you're you're not yourself in any condition to do it. Yeah. And so it's actually better that you put yourself first so you can be in top condition, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> to cope with, with the, you know, the, the life safari. Because Lodic calls, he says, life is a safari. It has its ups and downs. And that's such a simple metaphor, but it's so true. Because yeah. it's normal. And, yeah. and that's another big thing that's changed in my life is I now view down times as instead of being a negative thing, it's either an opportunity or just it's just normal. And yeah. so I don't tend to flip out anymore when, you know, like I, I about a month ago I fell. Oh. I hurt myself pretty good when I was running. <laughs> I oh, like no. tore up my knees. I tore up my elbows. I mean, it was a kind of a disaster. Embarrassing, really. But, you know, I was kind of feeling depressed about it. And I said, you know, why are you feeling depressed about this? This, this, is, this means you were out running really hard. And, yeah, you tripped. That wasn't so good. But, you know, just deal with it. You know, yeah. don't let it get you down. Get yourself healed and get back out there. So I'm back out. You know, I, I'm healed. I'm fine. My body's healed me. It looks pretty good. So 
<laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was one of those downs. But, you know, just, you just move on. You just move on and, and know that ups are coming. The up times are coming. The good times. Uh, yeah, I love that. always be perfect. It doesn't exist. And, I, I mean, to me, I, I don't think that exists. That would be utopia if yeah. something like that exists. And, but it's, it's, it's all about attitude and how you view things. And I, I keep seeing really wonderful things on Instagram and Facebook, you know, those little memes that say, you know, like, you know, life is what you make it and, you know, attitude is everything. You know what I'm getting at, but it's, it's exactly right. You know, you can choose to be unhappy or you can choose to see the, the glasses half full instead of half empty. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I interviewed someone last week, Kimberly from Strip Expertise, and she said the th same thing about confidence that you said about perfection is that she doesn't really like think it exists. And I mm -hmm. was saying, you know, like that thought, it actually gives us so much freedom because I think as yes. women, we always try and step into that like existing, you know? Oh, so you just got to kind of loosen up. Yeah. And, and you know you're gonna have some hits here and there but it's normal so just when you take one you just now what I try to do is instead of you know reacting and freaking out like I would normally do in my past life I just kind of go huh that was interesting yeah what was that yeah and then you know and then you decide is this really something that's a like a major threat or is this just a little inconvenience yeah if I it's a little inconvenience then move on and let it go right yeah. now let it go right now <laughs> yeah it's not gonna do any good you're not gonna it's just you've got to let it go and yeah. if it's something major then you figure out okay how can i deal with this challenge and how what will i learn from this challenge you know it's just attitude is everything because no, the other way that is oh life sucks i can't believe this happened to me you know but you just you you can't do that because you'll just wallow in misery all the time yeah yeah <laughs> your attitude creates doing. your reality like you know? If I ever wallow, it's because I'm doing it like a mud spa treatment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's the and I think that's the best place. I think that's where it belongs. Yeah, yeah. and I think badgers enjoy to be in mud puddles too. I, I've seen some out in the wild here in Africa. So. I love it. <laughs> I love it. What are you the most excited about your life right now? Right now, mm. most excited about. I think about going back to Kilimanjaro in September. That's, whoop, whoop. that's a really big focus right now. I'm going back up with my husband. We're taking, we're, we're, we're still in the recruiting process. We're looking for 15 women. We've okay. got, we've got some signed up already, but we want to do an all women's climb like what I did two years ago on September 22nd, which will be the anniversary of my climb. Oh, wow. And we want to, we want to share the experience of climbing Kilimanjaro and also safari with others so that's very exciting for me right now I'm I'm really enjoying preparing it and you know out training again and one of my friends from high school is coming and she's training and sending me pictures of her training and I just love it it's like Aww. you know you go she just turned 52 she also turned 50 like a week after I did so we're just we're wow. like we're rocking this wow. we're rocking this I love that. So how does how do people contact you to learn or to learn? Well, actually, we're right near the end, so I'll give you the option at end two. But this is the perfect place to talk about it. So how mm -hmm. how can people contact you to find out about the climb and then just to sort of follow along your journey and be inspired by you? How can people reach you? Oh, great question. Um, the easiest way to find about Dirty Freedom is just to go to www.dirtyfreedomadventures.com. Mm -hmm. That's our that's our website. If you want to 
get a little more personal. And then there's a contact form in there where you can where you can reach reach us if you fill it out fill out the contact form. My email is honeybadger925 at icloud.com. Yeah. And if you want to read more about kind of the personal things where I get a little more personal, I have a blog um, called Honey Badger Don't Care. It's at uh, I love Badger. it. <laughs> yeah. It's at badgerblogspot.com. Wow. And, and if you want more information about the climb, just go to our homepage, and there's there's a couple links on the homepage that talk about Kili Climb 2018 Destination Transformation. That's the climb we're doing in three months. Okay. Um, but that's that's the best way, is to just either go to the contact link, and you can also sign up for the blog. There's a It's a WordPress blog. But that's where I put kind of the more personal or the observations that I'm having about Africa or whatever. It's whatever moves me, I write about it. Oh, I love it, gorgeous. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. And actually, if you don't mind for me the links, ladies, I'll if you put check the show notes, I'll have the links right there. That way, it's just an easy click on it, and you can you can see Badger's pages. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. So, who knows? Like, that's so exciting. What does the word femininity mean to you? Summoning? A femininity. Oh, femininity. Sorry. Sorry. I got no, I always have a hard time saying the word. I ask the question for every singer interview, and every time, like, okay, Jasmine, deep breath. You can say it. <laughs> and I mess up every time. <laughs> I'm not sure I can say it. Femininity. I think that's what you said. I know what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. What does it mean to me? Oh, I love that question. Because I actually view myself as a tomboy. I've always been like a my mom used to call me a tomboy because I would always be in the dirt playing with trucks, but I'm also very I have a very feminine side. Mm-hmm. And to me femininity is just being comfortable in your skin, to feel sensual, you know, to enjoy sensual things, and that can be food. It can be going on a hike. It could be enjoying your partner. Mm. There, there are many ways to be sensual. Mm. Um, to, I also like I like essential oils and, and smells like oh, aromas. Oh, me too. I have, yeah, I love that. I, every day I put on like geranium. I have citrus ones. I have lavender. I have all kinds of moods, and that to me is very sensual and very feminine. But it can be masculine too. It can yeah, be, you know anybody can do that. Yeah, but it's just—I think it's just being, you know, comfortable in your skin. That's what pops into my head. Comfortable in your skin and embracing what makes you feminine. You know, the the female sex, who we are. Just just love whatever that means to you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. What advice would you give to your 11-year-old self, and what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? Ooh, my 11-year-old self. Um. Stop worrying about the fact that you aren't wearing San Francisco riding gear pants like everybody else because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Those were the popular pants at the time. Everybody had to have a pair of those, and if you weren't, you were not cool. Oh, no. Stop worrying about what others think about you. And when I was 21, um, stop thinking you're old. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you thought you were old at 21? Well, I mean, because you, you, you finally, you you know, you reach, like, legal drinking age, and you feel so sophisticated. Oh. And, you, and, and now I look back and think, you were such a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just had no clue. But but kind of the same thing, though. Don't worry don't worry so much about what others think of you, about yeah. yourself. That was yeah. the biggest mistake, if I could use that word, 
that I made when I was young is I was so worried about what people thought about me that I lost myself. Yeah. And now the, the, I've got a complete turnaround because now, and I don't mean this in a nasty way, but I don't care what people think about me. Amen. Um, yeah. I'm living my script, like I said. Yeah. And if you don't like like what I'm wearing today, well, I'm sorry. Move on. Oh, I <laughs> love it. Yes. I love it. Next. <laughs> I love it. Doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> what matters is if I like it and makes me feel good, then I'm I'm cool. Wow. And so that's been a huge release for me, letting go of always having to worry about what people were thinking about me. Keeping up with the Joneses, you know, I don't know if they use that expression anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. Ooh, so so bought a BMW. We've got a one up them. No, right. I didn't care less. Don't care. Oh. I want to go out and walk on my dirt roads here and see the children and you know see the animals i don't i don't care about that stuff anymore i just want to be simple <laughs> i love that i love that what is one <laughs> quote or one piece of inspiration that keeps you going a quote or an inspiration oh mm -hmm. gosh there's so many um i have to really think about that because there are but, but the one that pops in my head it's kind of making me laugh a little bit it's a, a song that my miley cyrus sang Oh, what is it? The Mountain Song. The Mountain Song. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's basically, a, it's a, kind of a sad sounding song, but it's it's like conquering, you can conquer, and I'll get whatever's on the other side, and I can't even remember the lyrics, but I remember listening to that before I left for Kilimanjaro and just sobbing. Oh. Because I think, I think my soul at that time knew that something big was coming, but I just didn't, I had no yeah. clue what it was. Wow. But I, so to me that, that's a big deal, and just... I keep seeing quotes about, you know, living life how you want to live it. That yeah. really resonates with me. Things like that. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Gorgeous. And not wasting time on, on things that don't matter. Just you know, and doing. Oh, oh, here's here's the one. There actually is one that stands out more. It's the one that says, "Don't put off what you can do today until later." I'm not saying it quite right, but no, I know what you mean. Because I have, even though I, I don't consider 50 to be at all old, there's been a few classmates of mine that have died recently. Mm. Um, you know, my mom died at age 70. She was not old. Yeah. Um, my aunt died at age 55, didn't get to enjoy her retirement. So it just kind of, it, it sounds kind of morose, but I, I just really believe in, don't, don't keep saying, oh, I'll take that vacation next year or I'll do that someday. Do it now. Yeah. Because you don't know what tomorrow has in store for you. Yeah. And don't have, try not to have regrets. And so if yeah. you are always trying to do what you want to do, then hopefully you won't have regrets or at least many of them when you get to the point where it's pretty much going to end soon. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Like live life, like life's your own version of a champagne toast. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love it. That's beautiful. I love the other one about sliding into the end of life like it's home plate with your hair on fire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All yes. used up and battered and bruised because you've been living. You've yeah. been living your life instead of doing nothing or, you know, and it, and, and it doesn't require necessarily money. It just requires drive and desire because there's many things you can do without spending money. Yeah. Um, but, you, but you just got to get out and do them. Right. Oh my goodness. That, that's gorgeous. Well, and I know that you said like you were nicknamed Badger because 
um, your boss was saying, oh, you badger. But I thought, like, I was like, oh, well, it must be a badger bear or honey badger because she's so lovable. And you are. So I have to thank you for, I didn't see the other thing coming. So we said that in the beginning. I was like, wait, really? Like, so. Oh, gosh. Did you know badgers are, like, one of the most vicious animals on the earth? No. They're, like, they're mean. I had no idea. I was like, oh, that's because she's lovable. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) You should go watch the honey badger video. You'll die laughing because, honestly, they eat snakes. They kill and eat cobras. What? Oh, Oh my gosh. I know. But but mainly the badger trait that people think of is tenacity and persistence, Mm. perseverance. They don't give up. Yeah. They just fight and they just keep going until they're dead <laughs> i love that oh my gosh i love that well, so so much animal. i love cute. that they're well cute, but they're not <laughs> i love that bombshell thanks so much for coming by um i know you gave us oh, a few minutes there. ago but where's the main place we should reach out um to follow you the main place mm-hmm. um probably the blog is the, the most personal i don't i don't write all the time i don't have a schedule i just write when i moved yeah. Um, but oh, you know what? Oh, I didn't. I think it's actually the best place is Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Because um, my Instagram page, I have I have a Dirty Freedom Adventures face or, or Instagram page, and also one on Facebook. Okay. And I post very regularly to those. Okay. And you okay. can kind of get a feel about what we're about and what we're doing. And there's a link also on that Instagram page to the email. So if someone wants to email me, they go to the Instagram page for Dirty Freedom Adventures and click on the email link, it'll take mm-hmm. you right into my email. And so you contact me directly. That's it. the best way to reach me. And I, I welcome any kind of questions. That no, I mean, if, if anybody's thinking about coming to Africa, I mean, there's no harm in calling me or te- uh, rather emailing me. It doesn't cost anything and it might inspire you to do something really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. I've met a lot of friends this way. A lot of friends. Well, you. I mean, that's how I found you. I know. What you I was like, wait, what? Like, okay. <laughs> it's like, what? I love it. Love it. Well, thanks so much for coming by and, like, sharing your message. And also, thank you for living the life and the way you're living it. Because you seeing you live <laughs> that allows the rest of us to stand. So I want to thank you for so. honoring your glow. That's beautiful. That's well, cute. and you too. You're doing a very beautiful thing. I love your attitude and your energy. Keep it up. Aw, thanks, gorgeous. Thanks <laughs> Let's for just the mimosa. Together. Thanks, gorgeous. I'd like another, please. Could you send me another mimosa? <laughs> oh, yes, I got you. The next one will be strawberry shortcake. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, beautiful. Oh. Thanks. thanks so much for joining the gorgeous Stephanie and I for this week's Fitness Mimosas. Um, remember to make life beautiful, but to also be your own definition of beautiful. I love you very much, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Hi, gorgeous. If any part of this podcast made you go, yes, girl, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> please rate this podcast and leave a review below. This is a sisterhood, and the more we support each other, the more we get to stand together. To test out more booty building workouts, get your free six-day booty transformation guide at bombshellbuttlift.com and in the words of Coco Chanel you can be gorgeous at 30 charming at 40 and irresistible for the rest of your life love you have a beautiful day